Upon entry, the mansu swells with warmth, sense of spice, and flat flavor captivating the room. Despite the dark ambiance, hints of color and food filter through. The first dish, given the name the mansu, which the restaurant is titled after, has a delicate beauty that almost begs the guests not to cut into it. Its soft exterior shell gives way to freshly cooked and cut vegetables that melt away at one's mouth. With an array of sauces beautifully drizzled over each dumpling, the mantu is, is an experience of culinary beauty and perfect execution. Closely following the mantu, the nagras kebab is a dish close to perfection in presentation, flavor, and execution in the dish. Similarly to an American scotch egg, the nagras kebab is a boiled egg generously coated in batter before being deep fried. The crunchy exterior of the shell, combined with the soft egg, creates a sensation for the palate, prompting the guests to finish the entire egg. Additionally, strong African flavors melt through the Nagas kebab, giving the, des- giving the guests a little taste of Afghanistan with every bite they take. These two dishes are, per- are perfect examples of the beauty the Mantu brings into their food, both physically and in flavor. Welcome to Culture Encounters, Let's Eat. What you just heard was a piece of sensory writing from our food tour experiences past summer. These written by a child who experienced diff- uh, different cultures present right here in Richmond through the medium of food. That's what this podcast is all about, experiences that connect. And today we are here with Chef Nuri, the owner of Mantu, Modern Afghan Cuisine. Hello, how are you, man? Thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, yeah, how is your day going? Uh, Great. Good. You know, since when I, when I wake up in the morning, planning to go and serve people, so I was able to serve. That's awesome. You just, what, time, what time do you guys open? 11? At the restaurant we open at 11, yeah. At 11, okay. So how much time does it take to, you know, get everything prepped for the day? Are you getting here at, like, 8 or 9, earlier than that? Well, I have to manage the restaurant and the market. So, right. Um, I wake up around five fish in the morning. Five? Oh my gosh! To, to manage the market first, and then come back to the restaurant and um, manage okay. the restaurant. So, um, wow! Again, that's crazy. Yeah. So your day is super <laughs> long. How long are you guys here for? Uh, my staff about ten to twelve hours. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't have the exact. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that is a lot. Uh, a lot of dedication. It depends on how you know how, how the work goes on and. It shows in the food. For sure. You have to put work in it. So, so let's talk about a little bit about your life and your cultural experiences and, and how that's kind of shaped you in your journey and inspired you to be a chef. Um, living in Afghanistan is not easy. Um, I, I was born in 1985 when, um, when the situation of the country was not good at all. Um, we were suffering a lot from all of these crises that were happening in Afghanistan. Um, shortage of food, the borders were closed. Um, uh, we managed to live our lives. It's, uh, the credit goes back to our parents, uh, our mother, who, um, who managed to cook some stuff and made us uh, to, to be survived. Um, it wasn't easy, uh, but when my father passed away, um, he was killed by the Taliban. Um, 
I was I was eight years old when I had to step out and start supporting my family. Because at that time, um, women were not allowed to work. And then I was the oldest son of the family to start supporting the family. Right. Um, I work a lot. Like I'm working like almost 18 hours every day now. I used to work like 16 to 18 hours every day when I was eight. <laughs> it was easy. I'm sure. So um, when it comes back to your question about the food, it was my dream to have a full meal for lunch or dinner or breakfast, which I never you know, experienced back then. Um, it was a dream to just go in the kitchen and cook whatever you want. Um, at the age of 18, I was able to, uh, to go into uh, restaurant service. I worked a couple of years in, um, in restaurant management. And then after that, I was able to go in the kitchen and start learning right. to be a cook. Um, when I wore the jacket, I feel like God has given me a gift to serve those who are in need. Um, so I served my entire life to, to serve our people, to cook food for those who are in need in Afghanistan. Um, I, keep, I keep doing that. This is this is a, a God gift. It's a blessing for me. The more I serve, the more I feel like you know I. It's not enough. Let's do more. Let's right. Serve more people. Let's do more. That's so it, it. That's amazing, and it, it really ties into the next part of, of this is, um, you know, your role as a chef. But before that, I just I think I speak for everyone when I say your story is incredibly um, inspiring for sure. Um, so, what as a chef now? How do you serve? How do you serve your community as a chef? The best part for the being a chef is to. Um, to connect people and food is the one of the most important um, aspect of life when you want to connect people you invite them for dinner right right um, so food really connects people especially when you have a connection of uh, cooking and a spirituality in that food itself gives you energy mm-hmm. to connect you with the with the God right with yourself Right. So it's really important for, for the chef to to carefully work on, on, on cooking skills and trying to put the best meal on the table because it's it's curing. It's not just the food. It is a primary care for for the people. I always say cooking is a primary care. Mm-hmm. The secondary care is the Medicaid, which you know if you don't eat good food. You might need them, but if you get you know a good meal, three times a good meal, you don't. I don't think you need a secondary option to go for, it, mm-hmm. which which is not good. It um, waste your time, money, and, and all that. So, but you have you have to save all those time and money to just have like three meals, simply good with good organic spices mm-hmm. that that helps your body. To heal the body, so all the spices God has created for us—it's a garden that you know you can choose and pick. Not to just put the the, the, the wrong stuff in your body. Um, it's also saying that you know when when something tastes good right now, but may taste better in your stomach. So you, should, you have to be careful with that. So it should it shouldn't taste good. It should be good in your mouth 
and you're still right. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, kind of go, that actually is an amazing transition into um, our next our next kind of thought that we wanted to talk about. Uh, so if if I'm a chef, if I'm a customer uh, coming into um, the the restaurant or the market, um, what is it you want me to experience uh, about um, a Afghan culture and B just you know the culinary experience, the cultural experience, like you said. Um, what what do you want um, your customers to experience or take away from um, their experience in in your restaurant? Uh, that's a great question. Um, first, we don't call our people, our guests, customer. We call them guests mm-hmm. because it gives some di- differentiates about who we're dealing with. When we say guests in Afghanistan, that's a culture we have. Uh, when you serve food, we don't call them like just a client or customer. We call them a guest. Guest is called a friend of God. So we directly connect a guest to the God. So. The more you love God, the more you you know you're able to to serve your right, guests. Right. So uh, it does have a spiritual connection with that. Uh, so when you come to a restaurant, you have to feel at home first. You feel the passion. You feel the love where we serve. Um, and the beauty of the culture. Right. It's about serving people. Plus, um, connecting our culture, mm-hmm. introducing our culture to the world. Because what we have seen uh, from from the media totally different than we have experienced back in Afghanistan. Um, our way of living, our culture is totally different than whatever is you know introduced through the, the, the social media. Uh, so when you experience, we're trying to connect people, and then food would be one of those um, special element that brings you on the table. Um, it connects families, it introduces the cultures, um, and then gives you, you know, more more knowledge about a country which was forgotten for, for centuries. Right, right. For sure. Um, no, that, that's amazing. This marks the end of part one of our podcast. However, you can listen to part two on this platform. We hope you enjoyed.